0: The Right Stuff with Kevin and Casey. Episode 10, Is I the Center of Sin? Hey there, welcome to the Right Stuff podcast. I'm Kevin.
1: I'm Casey. And
0: we're here to talk about...
1: Sin! sin. Why did uh, I say that it's so exciting? I don't know. <laughs> it
0: is actually an exciting subject, isn't it?
1: I I actually kind
0: of There's a lot subject. to this, right? It's a lot uh, to divulge. You know, the the title of this, uh, Is I the Center of Sin? Kind of sounds grammatically incorrect, but, you know, we are. I am usually the center we of sin. We are sin. Right? I mean, I am the center of sin, not I is. But, you know, is I the center of sin? <laughs> You know, it sounds kind of grammatically incorrect, but generally we are
1: the center of sin.
0: Absolutely. 100%. It it falls on us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're here tonight to talk about um, sin. 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 And that's pretty cool.
1: And can we make a shout out right now?
0: We can, I guess. Yikes.
1: (laughs) Kevin shaved his beard. Mm -hmm. So he is a little baby face.
0: Lord have mercy. Right?
1: Sweet little baby face. Lord have mercy. son of a gun, you look younger without a beard. (laughs) I am so frustrated right now. Oh, say
0: no to crack. Um, Casey and I actually are doing, uh, White Christmas at a dinner theater and, you know, it's 1954 and I'm playing Bob Wallace and Bob Wallace would have been a clean shaven face in 1954. So I had to get rid of the beard and I kind of felt like (laughs) Samson the other day, like losing my hair on my face and lost all confidence in
1: me. You were so, y'all, it was so sad. He walked around with his head down and like (laughs) Wonka, like Eeyore's. Sadness.
0: 24 years of having facial hair, and all of a sudden oh, it's gone and it's clean shaven. Anyway, man. it's all good.
1: Let's get into sin.
0: Let's get into <laughs> sin. But first, uh, we're gonna we're gonna actually create our cocktail for this evening called the St. Clement, and it's kind of a really yummy looking citrusy gin cocktail that kind of borderline martini in that sense. But um, Is it herbal? No, it's not herbal. <laughs> Because Believe it or not, it's I feel not like herbal. You know, you sound
1: like you know what you're right? talking you know about. know what you're when talking you're about.
0: What it's herbal. <laughs> it's a very
1: herbal tasting. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, Saint Clement. He was a pope. Um, he was uh, third successor of Saint Peter, and the first apostolic father. Uh, you know, in the in the uh, Eucharistic prayer, Linus, Clement, Cletus, Sixtus. You know, he <laughs> he comes third, and that's kind of cool. A church father who had contact with all of the original apostles. And according to an old legend, Clement was banished to work in the stone quarries of modern-day Ukraine. And after converting many of his fellow prisoners to Christianity, he was sentenced to die by being tied to an anchor and thrown into the Black Sea. Ooh, that is rough. That's rough. Holy cow. So, Oranges and Lemons, Say the Bells of St. Clement's, begins an old English nursery rhyme about church bells in and around London. And the church in the jingle it is speculated is, it, is either St. Clement Danes or St. Clement Eastcheap, both of which are close to wharves where citrus fruit would have come in from sunnier climates in Europe, right? Consequently, there are three versions of a St. Clement's drink. Unfortunately, one happens to be out al- non-alcoholic, which we're not even gonna remotely go there, but um, the other two involve London gin, which happens to be our favorite. Gin in yeah. general, right? Gin in general. So, thinking of a church on St. Clement's Day is also appropriate because one of Rome's most beautiful ancient churches, archaeologically important to the city, is San Clemente.
1: San Clemente.
0: Right? And tell I feel us... I like I
1: did really well with that.
0: You did. That was a good accent. Tell Thank us you. what the St. Clement has in it.
1: So, St. Clement has two ounces of gin, mm. a half ounce orange juice, half ounce lemon juice, a teaspoon of sweet vermouth and one lemon or orange quill. quill
0: right? Optional. Wow, nice. Yeah. Do we shake this guy?
1: This one you mix all the ingredients into a mixing glass or a shaker. Ooh. So either way. Okay, wine, either way. Um, and then you, yeah, you strain it into a cocktail glass. This one shows it as, um, a martini. Okay. That so sounds delicious. You could put it, you could put it in just like a rocks glass yeah. if you wanted.
0: I actually think I'd prefer a martini glass cause you know, I'm a glass guy.
1: It's all about the stemware. It is
0: about the stemware. It's all 100%. about the stemware. So I'll tell you what, Casey and I are going to make our San Clemente or our St. Clement, right? Cut. And we will, uh, be back to talk about I. In sin, yes, (laughs) right?
1: Is I the sinner?
0: Right, you is the sinner. Is I? Right. (laughs) The Right Stuff with Kevin and Casey. Episode 10, Is I the Center of Sin?
1: All right, so let's get into sin. Sin 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 has actually been described at its most essential as always having I in the middle
0: yes it does
1: when we act like we are at the center of the universe and that it revolves around what we want or what we need we sin yeah which yeah yeah I there's so many times where I am out in the world and I'm like I am so tired of everyone worrying about them and like what's important to them. And they're not worried about anybody else. And it's so frustrating. And I'm not putting sin on everybody else. Sure. But you also have to think about like, oh, wait, time out. We're all worried about what's going on with me. Me,
0: me, and me. worrying. I, yeah.
1: I, and worrying, I, of them worrying about what's going on with everybody else.
0: Right. One of the things that we're here for is to, to love and serve one another, right? Not
1: uh-huh.
0: serve ourselves. That, that becomes uh-huh. very selfish, which unto itself can become a sin, right? And so um, I tends to be the center of sin. Yeah. I. Granted, it's in the center of the two letters, so it's a perfect analogy. But sin is one of those odd things that we, we Catholics might look at differently than some of our non-Catholic brothers and sisters right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, Sin is a big deal. And I know a lot of my non-Catholic brothers and sisters, when we get into this conversation, sin is sin, right? Sin, Mm -hmm. sin, sin. you do something wrong, it's sin. Um, No matter what you do, it's sin. You could murder somebody or you could tell a lie and sin is sin, right? Um, In my arsenal of knowledge... I have a feeling if I told a lie and or I killed someone, those are two very different degrees.
1: You would hope.
0: Of sin, right?
1: You would hope. Yeah. And you would think.
0: Yep, I think so. Um, but some people don't look at it that way, right? And so uh, sin as a Catholic means we're basically turning away from God. Mm-hmm. We choose us. We don't choose God. We choose ourselves. We choose the I that happens to be in sin and turn our backs on God.
1: Right? Well, yeah. Cause you're putting your own interests ahead of anyone else around you. Right. So in turn, you're putting your own interests ahead of God, right? Right. Right. You're not listening to God, God's wants and desires for you for or you. free you, or for anyone else.
0: Right. Right. It's about me. Mm-hmm. I am the center of that, that, Conversation. So, and P.S., this this San Clemente is good. <laughs>
1: it's I'm good. Isn't it? say,
0: I like citrus and I like gin. So, I know. yum. Okay. uh Little commercial message Which, there for that San Clement.
1: And back to our whole topic. Like, I will say, though, a lot of us do have the me approach. Right. First. Like, right. the me first approach is right. what I'm trying to say. Like, a lot of us do have that. Right. And that's not. That's not abnormal. No, no. So just like, I just want to say to those people that are like, oh my gosh, I think about myself a lot. Like, no, that's not abnormal.
0: No, and it's not abnormal. And you think about like, you know, when when Jesus like condenses all those commandments into two, the second one he says is love your neighbor as yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So he's telling us we do need to love ourselves. It's not like we, you know, we need to completely uh void ourselves from anything and completely live for everyone else because we do have to take care of who we are and or we can't take care of someone else right Mm -hmm. think about the fact that when you're on an airplane doesn't the air uh the 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 steward and or the stewardess say to you slip the mask over your face first so you can take care of somebody else you have to take care of you as well as other people right so so um There's nothing wrong with doing that. That is not a sin at all. The whole point is, is sin is when we turn our backs on God and we don't listen to God's word in our lives and do things that only serve us and not him at all. Yeah?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a sin is more of a heart condition, right? That exists in you where you either your heart is saying that's bad or it's okay. Or your heart's not even, your heart's just like indifferent. Right. Or am I like way off where it's like Samsonite.
0: 100%. (laughs) Right. 100%. Um, Yeah. And you know, there, there are from a Catholic perspective, there are a lot of different varying degrees of sin. And some actually are worse than others. Not Mm -hmm. all sin happens to be the same, right? Um, We tend to categorize them into two, uh, venial sins and mortal sins, Mm -hmm. right? And the venial sins tend to be lesser sins, things that don't necessarily separate you from the love of God. They're just things that you shouldn't do, right? They're things that you definitely shouldn't do.
1: Like gossiping. Right. Or,
0: or telling a white lie to not hurt someone lie. else's feelings. Sure. Right. How does this dress look on me? Oh, you look fine.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: Or uh, oh, you called at the wrong time. I just sat down to dinner while I'm reading my newspaper. Right. Sure. Am I the only own person who reads newspapers?
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay.
0: So I'm reading the <laughs> I internet. I don't even get right? The newspaper. Right. Okay. There you go. Okay. So, uh, you know, those are the little things that we shouldn't do, but we do them anyway. Right, right. They're they're not good to do, but we do them anyway. Instead of honestly saying what it is that we that we're doing or that we need, um, then then we look at things that are mortal sins, things that uh, separate us from the love of God. And if we look at that root word for mortal, mort means death. Right, it means your sin, di- uh, your soul dies because you've. You've done something to completely separate yourself from God, mm. right? It's, it's deadly sin. Uh, what do we think about when we think about deadly sin? Uh, separating ourselves from God, meaning that someday we may not end up being with Him in eternity. And that is a really, really scary thought, right?
1: Of course it
0: is. Yeah. Um, I think that's that, the
1: definition of hell.
0: R- Amen. Yes. I mean, yeah. Eternal separation from God.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the definition of hell. It's the
0: scariest thing on the planet, Yeah, right? And, and in eternity as well, I guess, right? If we, Absolutely. If we look at it for that, from that viewpoint. But um, yeah, so every sin is not the same sin in the Catholic Church. There are things that are minor sins and things that are major sins, right? And we can't classify them all the same. I have a lot of friends who are non-Catholics that literally say, you know, sin is sin no matter what you do. It is what it is like and and uh, which
1: is true to a certain extent. Yes, it is sin, but there are different levels of sin.
0: Certainly, certainly. Um, I think that uh, one of the things that we might want to like address and that we might want to talk about is uh how do we react to sin how do we how do we counteract sin where do we go from there and how do we fix it and mm. can we fix it and and all of those things so
1: we can
0: we can the good news is we can right um you know uh the beauty of the catholic faith is the fact that you know we have a chance to go to this beautiful sacrament that we receive called reconciliation right mm. okay so we've done this thing that might offend god Uh, That could be a venial sin, or we've done something that we definitely know offends God, that could be a mortal sin. And we can walk into a confessional and or meet with a priest, and we can tell that priest what that sin is. And through the charism of his ordination, he's able to say, your sins are forgiven. I absolve you. Go away and sin no more. Just Mm -hmm. like Jesus told plenty of people. And the gospels go mm-hmm. away and sin no more. Right. Um, And so that makes us kind of a new creation and we get to start all over again and we don't have to have this burden of this heavy sin on us. Um, The beauty of that, the absolute beauty of that, because of our human condition, because of our human nature, we need to hear things, right? We need to hear it. Right. Absolutely. Right? We need to know, like if you have a really bad fight with somebody someday, um, when things are patched up, if you just kind of push it all under the rug and try to go forward, uh, do you honestly know if things are okay? No. No, you might not know. Um, but if one person says to you, I'm really sorry, and the other person says, I'm really sorry too, you know, we didn't, you know, you get to that point where you actually physically hear those words and you know that you can move forward, right? It's the same human condition that we see when we're talking about sin it's a chance for us to be able to recognize what we've done say that we're sorry and be able to move forward right and
1: sometimes you just need to say things out loud
0: yeah we need to hear them
1: right and and i mean think about that it's not saying that um reconciliation is a time for therapy Mm -mm. that's not what reconciliation is about but Mm -hmm. at the same time there are certain things that you do need to get off your chest. Sure. If there is pure contrition there. Right. And it, it's a therapeutic way for you to put out there like, Hey, I know this is wrong. I, and I'm sorry for this. And I can't, I can't forgive myself until I know that I'm forgiven. Right. And hearing those words from someone else... Because, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, not trying to get into a whole reconciliation conversation, but at the same time, like, a lot of people are like, well, why can't I just say that to God? And you can say that to God. you yeah, But there of is can. something in that with hearing back, you are forgiven. Right. There is such grace in
0: that. A beautiful grace.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it also <laughs> pushes forth our accountability mm-hmm. for the things that we're actually sorry for absolutely right
1: because once you put it out there in the universe hey this is what i'm doing wrong right you're gonna think twice about that when someone else knows that you're doing something correct you're gonna think twice about doing it the next time
0: don't do it again yeah and even if we do that doesn't mean it can't be forgiven right Mm -hmm. um we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be able to We're probably going to do some of these things again, right?
1: Of course.
0: One of the things that is a human human condition uh, with us um, ever since the fall, ever since uh, uh, Adam and Eve chomped down on that apple, right? Um, There's been this thing that we have a word for in the Catholic Church called concupiscence, right? It's a big, fat $23 word that means our inclination to want to sin. It's a big word. It's a big word. Concupiscence. Um Ten but points
1: for that word. The
0: the interesting thing is uh God knows about it, right? <laughs> he
1: know he knows everything. Right. There's no escaping,
0: I mean, there's no escaping the the concupiscence. We know that it it's a part of who we are as humanity and we're going to 100%. find a way to do everything we can to be as good as we can, but we're still going to fail and we're still going to sin, right? There's concupiscence that, that is, that is in, imbued into all of us because of that fall. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, when we think about sin, um, what classifies a sin, Casey? Do you know, like, there are three things that, that make a sin? Like we to actually for it to be like a mortal sin, something that's grave, something that's vitally important to our soul. There are three parts to that sin.
1: Well, let's see, you have to have thought about it.
0: Yes. Right. Like yeah. you have
1: to have like prior right. thought about mm-hmm. doing it. The will to do it.
0: Well, you have to know what it is.
1: What it is.
0: Like know that it is a sin.
1: Okay. Then you do
0: have to think about it. Right. So you have to, you have to know it it's matter. grave matter. You have to think and contemplate well, and that grave uh, matter. Uh,
1: hold on. What do you mean by you have to you have to know it's grave matter? Um,
0: let's use an easy one. Most of the entire world realizes I shouldn't kill someone. Okay, That's grave matter, right? We know that. We know it.
1: So it's m- kind of like a... Moral?
0: Yeah, yeah It's a moral like morally issue morally
1: right? You know this we, is
0: wrong. We know that we shouldn't Cheat okay. on our spouse Right? Okay Right Those are things that we know That are grave matter They're They're important And they're mortal to our soul They could kill us Or kill our souls okay. If we do these things Right? So we have to know it And then you said it We have to think about it Right?
1: And then you have to do it
0: Then you actually have to do it Right? You actually have to do it those are three really important things um, to make a sin mortal, where you'll actually turn your back to God, turn yourself away from, from the face of God, and you're the one who walks away from his love. He never leaves you, right mm-hmm. So let's let's say something like um, uh, I know it's wrong to cheat on my spouse. We'll use that. You know, we'll use that one, right? Okay. And we're having tons of problems and we're arguing all the time. And my brain is thinking, gosh, I wish I could just be with somebody else, right? And I never am. So is it a sin? Well, yeah, because things that are in our heart and our head can be a sin. But I know it's grave matter. I've thought about it, but have I actually done it? No. Mm
1: -hmm. The
0: third part of that isn't in play. That means it could be a venial sin. It could be something that's that's lesser matter, not sure. great matter, right? Um, uh, let's take that same situation and say, I'm having a lot of problems with my spouse. We're arguing all the time. I'm thinking about like hanging out with somebody else, having an affair, and then I actually do it. Then what happens? Does that change our equation? Yeah. 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 All three of those things are now in play and that means I have committed a mortal sin. I'm aware of it. I've thought about it and I've actually done it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. Um, Let's take that same loophole in an interesting place. Okay. What happens if I am having trouble with my spouse and I'm thinking, I'm going to Vegas for a convention for the weekend, right? And I'm thinking, you know, I might hook up with someone because this is driving me insane, right? So I go to Vegas and I'm, I, I'm having a good time and I'm in the casinos and like there's alcohol everywhere and I am happen to be drunkard and cootie brown, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I team up with somebody while I'm there, right? Um, what, what's the result of that one?
1: All three are in play.
0: Could be in play. Okay. But if I'm not aware of my faculties, I do realize it's grave matter, but if I've been drinking and I don't know what I'm doing and something happened.
1: Come on, man. It, like, could,
0: it could discount. on you. No, but it could discount some of the culpability is all I'm saying. Not saying that it's not a sin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But when we, when we look at these things, we have to very clearly look at all three parts of this being a sin. And sometimes there are things that lessen our culpability.
1: Okay. Does that make sense? I understand. Okay. Um, I'm still not happy with you right now. Well, it's,
0: <laughs> it is what it is, right? It is what it is.
1: That's why you don't stop drinking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I understand.
0: But, but all I'm saying is very clearly when we're looking at sin for it being mortal, something grave. You have to realize it's great matter you have to contemplate it and if you're not in your right mind you're not contemplating it right sure um and then you actually have to commit it you have to do it
1: i mean come on though like you would have been contemplating it before
0: wait let me give you another example i'm in the parking lot and i know that taking the lord's name in vain is a sin and I open my car door and I realize I left something in the store. And I happen to slam the car door on my thumb. And I scream an expletive that has a, a, a bad word <laughs> that involves a deity, right? Um, I know it's bad. Um, and I've done it. Did I contemplate it? I didn't think about it. I slammed my finger in a door and it was a reaction, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Am I culpable as if I literally just walked down the street and chanted sure. bad words to, to God, right? Yeah. Um, they're very different. They're, they're looked at very differently. And that might seem very simplistic, but sometimes when we don't have all three, all three things in play, when there's not that contemplation in the middle, when you don't think about it and something happens, uh, it may not be grave matter. Sometimes it is. That's why we go to confession and we Mm -hmm. talk to a priest and that priest can help us discern was what I actually did grave matter. Mm -hmm. Is it a venial sin or is it a mortal sin? Right. If you feel like it's a mortal sin, you should go to confession. Right. If you feel like it is, you should go. Like anytime that hits you and you're like, oh my gosh, I need Mm -hmm. to get rid of this thing. Yes, you should go to confession. Yeah. Um, and and then you'll know the priest will walk you through it, the priest will help you, and you'll know that it was a sin. And then what ends up happening is he urges you to go away and sin no more, right? Mm -hmm. You should you should have this this grace that God imbues in you through that sacrament that gives you some kind of fortitude to be able to avoid to avoid this occasion of sin in the future. Mm -hmm. Right? Right and then on top of that you you mentioned this earlier it's like an accountability thing um the last thing i want to do is walk into a confessional and say to father so and so i did this again yeah like, i don't want to say i did it again like that's my goal i don't want to do it again yeah some things we're going to do again like i feel like in this day and age like unfortunately like getting upset with people Lying about things—it's—it's it's rampant. It's a normal like it—it—it it, it happens a lot, and you know those things can very easily be mortal sins. So, um,
1: and you know a lot of that has to do with too, like surrounding yourself with good your people uh-huh. that will lead you away from that. Uh-huh. Uh, because there there was a group that I was with, um, at one point in time, and and we had all gone to confession and. Right after confession, the one woman that we were with, she was saying, oh, you know, I confess. I I was not going to gossip Mm -hmm. because I was really bad at that. And I was like, oh, that's great, you know. And there was something that came up and she was like, oh, my gosh. And she stopped herself. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, I just went to confession for this. And the other woman that, at the table with me, she was like, don't say it. Yeah. Don't say it. And right. I, of course, I'm like, what was it? What was it? Oh, my God. Like, what don't was goad it? her on, But Kate. Yeah, I know. But I was like, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't like right. take her on. Don't should, encourage yeah, her. Yeah, like, lot. Lord, help me. I don't want to know what was going on, right. but I kind of do.
0: No, but she but realized it. Yeah, yeah, she did. She realized. And the other
1: woman at the table was like, uh-uh, shut your mouth yeah nope don't talk about it right she
0: helped her along she did yeah
1: and so and i realized at that moment surrounding yourself with those types of people that will support you in your journey to christ rather than those people that want to worry about them like i was in that moment Yeah. because in that moment i was like i want to know yeah i want to know what are you talking about what is this sure but Having that person there that was so much more worried about her and her salvation was huge. Well, yep. I learned so much from 100%. that experience.
0: Yeah. Um, I do think it's kind of funny. I, I get into these discussions often with my roommate who teases me often about um, I, Casey and I happen to be something that I love to call alcoholists. Right? <laughs> we very much enjoy a drink or two mm. and we enjoy the flavors and we enjoy the craft and we enjoy all of those things. But all you know, the like practices. there's no, there's no point in my life where I've ever thought, oh my gosh, I need to worry about alcohol. Right. And my, my roommate teases me all the time because I've got this this immense bar at home like it's it's ridiculous you the do. amount it's, of things that i have stupid. Um, any
1: liqueur i'm like kevin has yeah it. he's, or he's kevin got will it. make it he's got it he, <laughs> he can figure this out
0: but um you know uh we get into these discussions all the time where he he's like drinking is a sin and i'm like can you can you cite me any one place in scripture that it actually says drinking is a sin
1: but how is it a sin if Jesus changed water? Like this is my biggest argument. Yeah, like, I get that people are like, ah, it's not an argument. It's grape
0: juice. No, no, no.
1: Anyway. But how did? Why? or How did Jesus change water into wine? If it's a sin, that makes right. zero sense. To right.
0: Me? Um One of the things that was was a very cultural thing during Jesus's time was wine. Like wine. It, it sustained them, and it was a it was a very common beverage. Then we move into the Middle Ages um, and we start to think about the fact that those Mediterranean countries where grapes grew prolifically, uh, it was very much a wine culture. And then north of that, um, like Germany, Poland, the Netherlands, Belgium, it was a beer culture, right? And so uh, a, a very large portion of their culture revolved around Alcoholic beverages. So um, those things were not, they weren't sinful. Like it, it wasn't a sin to drink. We didn't mm-hmm. really start seeing that until the Puritans started like crapping out on that in the 1600s, <laughs> right? And they, they thought it was evil to, yeah. to drink. What is evil about alcohol? Uh, alcohol can tend to
1: taking over your right your
0: personality your
1: personality. Right. It can it can make you your... do things you shouldn't. Correct.
0: Uh, if you tend to drink too much and spend too much money on alcohol, and then you can't pay your bills, it's like gambling. Right. Any any gambling
1: one of the... like anything in excess. Right. Is a sin. Right. Because you're you are now changing that into being your idol right. or your god or your right your focus right and your eye correct your eye right it's your eye right it
0: did come full circle but (laughs) i i think it's funny that like there are a lot of uh faith traditions that basically condemn alcohol you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and and i actually saw something not too long ago uh there was a a children's like a, a a children's handout that was sort of a one of those things that you use in like Sunday school that you color and it had the, uh... the... well, I I just saw, like (laughs) I was reading through, (laughs) I was reading through some things and it just kind of made me laugh because the, the graphic was for a non Catholic Sunday school situation for children. And it talked about how they were at this wedding and, uh, Jesus turned water into grape juice. And Jesus didn't turn water into grape juice. Mm-hmm. Jesus turned water into wine, right? And so we, we, we have a lot of these non-Catholic faith traditions that have this, this uh, vehement uh, fortitude to say alcohol is evil. Alcohol is not evil, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, go back to the wedding at Cana, right? And what happens? Uh, Mary... And Jesus and some of his friends. Like, she was the first guest. Mary was the most Yeah, important. because
1: she got a plus 13. Plus 13. 13.
0: <laughs> Her the plus only 13. person that
1: I've ever known to get a plus right. 13 on you're, a wedding invite. You're
0: lucky nowadays to get a plus one, but, like, a <laughs> plus 13. So, they go to this wedding, right? And, um... Things are going amok. They're running out of wine, right? And Mary says to Jesus, Hey, you gotta <laughs> fix this, right? And he's like, Woman, what am I to do? And my time has not yet come. And she calls the the stewards over and she says, Listen to whatever he tells you, right? And then we we see the story about where he changes the water into wine and the wine steward, the head wine steward tastes it. And he says, Um, you know, usually the 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 people serve the best stuff to the guests first. And after they've had their fill, they serve things that are inferior. What is that implying? Like when you first start drinking?
1: We serve the best stuff first. Right. And then the crap stuff last. Once
0: you start not being able to taste it because your your senses are slightly impaired, the bad stuff comes out. The inferior stuff. But this stuff was better than what they started with, right? So the wine steward himself was saying people were kind of slightly schnockered maybe just a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah um implying that jesus himself was there amidst all of this happening it was a celebration it's something that god gave his people to be able to help celebrate the drink is a beautiful thing sometimes as you earlier said in excess anything can be a bad thing right in moderation it's it's not a bad thing Mm -hmm. at all so um for all of my friends who grew up in a non-Catholic faith tradition that say that drinking is bad B.A.D., um, it is not sinful. It is not unless you take it to the excess. Mm-hmm. If if it causes you to abuse a spouse or your children, if it causes you not to pay your bills because you're spending too much money on alcohol, if you show up to work drunk, yeah, those things are are sinful, that, that, yeah. Right. And they can be mortally sinful. Correct. Right. Um, but in in general, it's not a sinful thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I often receive a lot of flack from people for saying that sometimes I think it's difficult uh, for the normal person who happens to be Joe or Jane Schmo Christian, who is a good human being to actively commit a mortal sin right? Mm-hmm. That, that means you have to know it's bad. You have to think about it being bad. And then you actually have to do something bad, right? Sure. I honestly think that most people with a formed conscience might know that it's bad and they might even think about it being bad. But most of the time people don't do those things because mm-hmm. they are bad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And we just don't go ahead and commit them. Sure. You know, so
1: it is a lot easier to Do a mortal sin the further away from the church that you get. Correct. And then the further away from the church you get, the more, the easier it is to do mortal sin.
0: Yeah, of course. And I think it goes back to the fact that, like, you are the company you keep. And you just said this earlier. If you're around people, if you're around a church family, if you're around a church community, if you're constantly in church, Every week, and you're hearing the gospel message of Jesus Jesus Christ, and trying to do the right thing all the time, um, it's going to keep you closer to not committing sin. Correct. Than if you fall away from that, and uh, you don't have a moral compass. Yeah, because
1: I mean, personally, I, the, I went through a phase where, you know it it is such a spiral. Yeah right because yeah. i feel like a lot of that's the devil coming in and you just start spiraling and i went through years of i had fallen away from the church now i always considered myself catholic right i always loved my catholic faith and when things went wrong i clung to my catholic faith however people i was hanging out with they weren't they weren't holding me accountable to my catholic faith right and weren't holding me accountable to my sins. So, you know, it was a big spiral and I, and I was unhappy.
0: Yeah. Um, I know that even in some of the, some of the company I keep occasionally, um, I'm friends with a ton of different people. I do a lot of theater. I do a lot of music stuff. And, you know, there are, there are people that I'm around oftentimes that are folks that haven't gone to church since they were, like, Mm -hmm. kids, Mm -hmm. right? And so I feel as if, and I don't mean this in a judgmental way, sometimes their moral compass might be slightly askew because the world affects them. You know, they're affected by the world and and things around them, and they have a very different viewpoint on how they assess right and wrong. Well, they don't have that one
1: center point. Think about that, you know? Like, when you have that one center point, that you go back to every single week and your your week revolves around that right you have that center point right. when you when you don't have that you spiral out of control because you just don't have something to ground you every single week right
0: and it happens very easily it, does. it happens quicker and more it easily does. than most people think it could happen so let's let's kind of recap a little bit here as far as sin is concerned uh, there are basically in the catholic viewpoint two kinds of sin venial sin and mortal sin venial sin meaning something less serious mortal sin mortal sin meaning something gravely serious and mort uh, being the prefix to make us understand that it's deadly sin and it can actually kill your soul and separate you from God
1: mm-hmm.
0: in eternity which is the scariest thing ever right
1: mm-hmm. that definition of hell
0: yeah and then we also have to look at the fact that sin comes compartmentalized in three Different degrees. You have to understand its grave matter and know it. You have to contemplate that grave matter and think about it. And then you have to actually execute that grave matter and do it. Um, So, for those of my friends out there that have always thought sin is sin and no sin is different than any other, um, the seed of thought is think about what we've just talked about. Think about what we've just said and understand that there are going to be things out there in this world that are way worse than others, right? Some mm-hmm. things that are way worse than others mm-hmm. and and we have to look at that, look at that um, varying degree so we can understand, is this something that can be fixed easily? Can, you know, can I can I pray about this and fix it? or is it grave? and do I need to go to some someone, a priest, somebody who can help me have this forgiven mm-hmm. and absolved and be a clean creation again? Yeah. 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 So, uh, do we have any uh, questions that have come in?
1: Let's get to some questions.
0: All right. The right stuff with Kevin and Casey. All right, Case, tell us some questions that questions. people may have written in. So you ready? Yeah.
1: This is a good one. Okay. If Jesus paid the price for our sins, why do we still suffer the consequences?
0: Hmm. Wow. That is a good question.
1: That's deep.
0: Um, there's justice that's involved in every sin, right? Um, uh, let's say... uh I broke something, right? Mm -hmm. Like I literally broke something that costs a lot of money, right? And the person that owned this thing that I broke their object says to me, oh, don't worry, I forgive you. Um, Does that fix the object? Is it, they're going to be out something, right? I need to fix it somehow. I need to replace it. Mm -hmm. The forgiveness is a beautiful grace that that person gives to you But that doesn't mean that something doesn't need to be done to fix it, to complete it, to bring it back to where it was, right? Right. As best it can be. So there's justice involved in that question in some way, shape, or form. Jesus did pay the price for all of us. And that allowed us to be forgiven and to reconcile ourselves back to being perfectly good friends with God once again. But the problem is, there's still justice that needs to be served for the things that we've done wrong, right? Mm-hmm. If I kill somebody and their family members say to me, oh, we forgive you, that doesn't mean I don't go to jail. That doesn't mean I don't stand trial. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a justice that's involved. Mm-hmm. So just because there's forgiveness involved doesn't mean there aren't other things that follow Forgiveness
1: absurd. doesn't mean you're justified.
0: Correct. Correct. Does that make sense to Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
1: Next question. Did we all inherit sins from Adam and Eve?
0: Mm. Actually, we did. Right? So in the, in the garden when God created Adam and Eve, they were perfect. There was nothing wrong with them. Um, they would never have sinned. They would have lived forever. They would have never died. We were never supposed to die initially. Right? Death is a... Death is a complication of sin, right? We, we age, we get old, all of the things that happen to us, the infirmities that we get are, are because of sin. And Adam and Eve were never supposed to die. They were never supposed to sin. They were tempted by the devil. Um, he actually got his foothold in. They ate the apple. They suddenly had knowledge that God had And they saw themselves as naked, and they realized there were things that were bad. So we, as a human condition, have all inherited that sin from Adam and Eve in our bloodline. It's in our DNA. It's who we are. And we kind of talked, we touched on this a little bit earlier about concupiscence. Um, Because of our free will, God knows that we have this inclination to sin. He knows it, right? Right. And because he knows that we have this thing, he loves us so much and is so full of grace and mercy that he had a way, he had a plan to be able to fix it for us so we could still be in his good graces and be with him forever, Mm -hmm. which is a way cool thing to think about. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, we we actually have all inherited that concupiscence and that, that inclination to want to sin. From Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Original sin. We all have it.
1: The next question is, how does my personal or private sin affect others?
0: Wow. That's my favorite question ever.
1: All right. Seriously,
0: that's a good question. Okay. again. Okay. So um, one of the things that is really uh, an interesting thought between Catholics and non-Catholics, you know, I have so many... So many non Catholic friends, they're, you know, Jesus Christ is my personal savior. And like, I don't need to go anywhere. I just need to go to Jesus and I need to ask Jesus for forgiveness. And do you think Jesus is going to forgive you? Of course he is. If you ask for it, he's, if you're, if you're contrite and you really are sorry for something, um, you, he's going to forgive you, right? Um, but the whole point is, is sin is a communal thing, it's not an individual sin. Thing. If I sin, it doesn't only affect me and God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, it affects all of me and them, plus you, plus everybody else on the face of this planet. Mm -hmm. Like anytime we sin, it affects humanity. It doesn't just affect me. There's nothing personal about sin. It's communal. Which is why when someone is forgiven for their sins, the heavens, the angels in heaven rejoice because one sin has been forgiven, right? Um, why would they rejoice for that unless it helped everybody mm-hmm. and everything right? It's good for you, but not only is it good for you, it fixes everything that we have done wrong with the community it's it's a It's a very corporate and communal thing. Sin affects everyone and everything. And when we sin, we're not the only person affected. It's not private. It's not personal. We may think it is, but it's not just us. What we do affects every person on the planet, all of those that have come before us and that will ever come after us. But when we fix that sin, when we're reconciled to God and we're back in his good graces, the heavens rejoice because we've, all, we've also fixed the communal system. We've we fixed all of humanity mm-hmm. in that sense. And it's beautiful. hmm Yeah, it's not just us. We can't ever think about sin being something that I do and no one's going to know. Sure. Because we affect things. Think about the fact that, like, uh, I think we've told this story before, but um, when Mary Mack tells the story of, like, the gossiping and the priest says for her penance, go up to a hillside and loosen the, the, the feathers from a pillow, right? Mm-hmm. And they blow everywhere. And then the penance is to go collect all the feathers and you think about, how do I collect all those feathers? Some have blown sure. off in the wind. You don't know what that sin is going to do down the line to affect other people. Yeah. And that, that's how it becomes communal. Right. Yeah. Love cool. it. Yeah, anything else? Or are, we, are we good? That was it. Okay, Yo, good. We
1: just finished another episode.
0: Yeah, 10. Episode That's 10. So Can funny. you believe it? So, y'all, if you'd like to hang out with us on our social medias, linktree slash the right stuff, L-A-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash T-H-E-R-I-T-E-S-T-U-F. You can go there and you can find all of our social medias. Um, we're trying a new format with our YouTube. Uh, so when you hear this episode and you want to mix up your cocktail, go to YouTube and watch us and, and look at one of our reels and see what's happening. And hopefully we'll be back with you very, very soon.
1: Spine about him.
0: The Right Stuff with Kevin and Casey.